Welcome to the Shift Daily Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt. It's a daily bite-sized morsel of our four-hour middle-of-the-night program. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. The Shift Daily Podcast starts right now. Our big lead tonight is that explosion in Beirut. If you have not seen it, just Google it. It's on the YouTubes everywhere. So more than 70 people are dead. Thousands are injured after a massive explosion shook Lebanon's capital, Beirut. It was at the port. Many people are still missing. It's gonna be, The number is going to be way high here. So the explosion is thought to have been thousands of pounds of ammonium nitrate set off in a fire in a neighboring warehouse. Um, just so happens that my best friend is a chemist. And so I had that conversation today and said that it's actually particularly easy. And if it were a container of that, uh, that's what would happen right there. Uh, Joyce Karam, Washington correspondent, the UAE. Uh, National Network for the United Arab Emirates and adjunct professor at George Washington University shared with Charles Adler the impact of that explosion. Well, this has been a uh, very long and uh, grim day for uh, for Lebanon. We know the capital Beirut has seen many tragedies in the past, uh, and this is uh, this weighs in its magnitude and uh, impact on the city uh, to to previous. Uh, bombings, big bombings, or, or earthquakes, or uh, invasions, and terrible events that the city uh, had seen. The, the, the image of the, uh, uh, you know, the cloud, the orange to, and black cloud over uh, over the Lebanese uh, uh, capital uh, today was apocalyptic in in, in uh, some sense. So uh, this is a very hard day for uh, the Lebanese, for Lebanese watchers uh, abroad. Uh, we know already that there is around uh, 3,000 injured. As I speak to you, uh, Charles, uh, there are still people uh, that I know that are still missing. There are people that are uh, unaccounted for. So it's uh, it's a very heavy day, and we're waiting to see what exactly happened, what triggered the explosion. But but this is yeah, this is uh, this is a tough day for uh, for the country. It's a remarkable video. Texter says. Uh, on the Beirut explosion, started watching the video, seeing the smoke and fire, and then boom. You think that the explosion's gone off already because it looks like there's some fireworks. And it's not fireworks, but they're sparkly, right? Some small explosions that go off. And then all of a sudden, uh, it goes. And then you go, whoa. Uh, the texture also said, my first thought was, did I just see a small tactical nuke go off? That literally is what you would imagine it to look like. It's something that I've never, ever seen before. So give it a view if you can. A quick Google on YouTube. Uh, we go on in the conversation from Charles Adler tonight with Joyce Karam, and she says Lebanon's hospitals are already struggling. Lebanon, the country, is already struggling with the pandemic, and uh, the month of July had already been already seen a big spike, almost uh, three times the member the number of uh, previous uh, uh, previous months. So some hospitals were already at uh, capacity, and uh, with. Uh, uh, you know, over 3,000 people injured today and others are still being dug uh, from the rubble. It's medically, it's a very overwhelming uh, situation for Beirut hospitals, for the Lebanese uh, uh, Red Cross. Uh, I saw images and reports that cars and pickup trucks were, were moving some of the injured because of the uh, of the number uh, of those impacted. So 
this adds to the strain uh, from the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, I think uh, Lebanon has a good uh, medical system. They're trying to cope, but the numbers are very high. Uh, remarkable. I just watched it again, man. It, 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 it shakes your heart. Like it, it's, it's, it's quite remarkable. And the guardians video is, is a very good one. Maybe we'll tweet out the guardian video, um, uh, from YouTube. There's a bunch of different angles on it. Um, Ms. Karam also goes on to say she doesn't want to speculate whether any third parties were involved in this. It's very hard to speculate uh, at the moment. We don't have all the information. We don't know what triggered um, uh, the explosion. Uh, what we know uh, from the Lebanese security is uh, the material uh, was very uh, uh, explosive. That's what they said. And it, it just uh, uh, blew up from a fire uh, at the port. So uh, so at this point, it's very hard to draw uh, conclusions, to, to, to point accusations or to call this anything other than uh, an explosion, but uh, Lebanon is in a very turbulent area. Uh, Beirut uh, has is, is already clouded with with uh, multiple uh, crises. So uh, this is uh, one more. Uh, you know, this week the the trial, the special uh, tribunal into uh, former Prime Minister Rafik Hariri. Uh, killing is expected to issue its uh, its verdict. Last week, we saw some tension on the border between um, Hezbollah and uh, Israel. Uh, we were seeing also tension on the border uh, with Syria with uh, extremist groups. So there are already a lot of elements of instability uh, that could... Um, make the uh, situation in Lebanon more volatile. But at this point, we really don't know what uh, what are the exact circumstances behind the explosion. Yeah, I, I would imagine nobody wants to speculate, but there are a lot of bad actors in the area, that's for sure. And that's the kind of explosion, though, that changes our world. That explosion is so big, everything to do with ammonium nitrate is going to change. Let's go to Didsbury and say hi to Clark. Clark, I was in your town two days ago was my dad's birthday so i popped in and said hello to the fine didsbury did you stop by the uh, elementary school and see all the moose on the on the fence uh no why were they there on the weekend i know that my my folks have a blue moose on their their front door because of all the moose they sometimes hang out behind their place well sometimes they come on the front yard here too really hey so that's the that's the that's the school that's by the golf course that one no uh no it's um, right down the new one uh no rossford uh, elementary and across the street from it uh there's 150 moose or if you care to you know mess things up mice all Uh, hanging on there all brightly colored by everyone really hey yeah that's so good oh that's good i like that story clark you were calling in because we were talking before the break about the explosion in beirut now ammonium nitrate the uh, assertion is that it was being stored in a warehouse that it was confiscated from a ship and it was being stored in a warehouse and uh ammonium nitrate i didn't mean i did look it up before the show uh it is susceptible to massive reactions when exposed to fire and heat so what do you've got for us on that yeah well it's exactly it you know if you take ammonium nitrate pure and you just heat it up gently, it'll decompose into, oh, water vapor and nitrous oxide. Well, here's a bit of chemistry. Sorry. 
<laughs> I like your chemistry. So what nitrous uh, oxide though, is, is that, I don't even know, is nitrous oxide gas. bad? That's laughing gas. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, but it's also highly flammable too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyhow, uh, ammonium nitrate, you know, the Germans came up with it back in the 1880s, 1890s. Apparently somewhere in Germany, there was a stockpile of uh, ammonium nitrate. And it did set off about 10,000 tons, leveled a mm. wide area. Wow. But uh, compared to TNT, it's only about 42% of the same explosive force. But they used now, it the during the yeah, the blast of this from the, the air that's produced was was really the worst part. I mean, the concussion wall was absolutely massive. Do you, have you had a chance to see the videos of this one? Yes, I have. I'm, also, remind, I'm also reminded of uh, Survivor's uh, uh, story of um, the atomic blast in Hiroshima and everybody being hit with flying glass cuts. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of that in some of the aftermath videos, and it was remarkable to see sort of the destruction to cars. Like, it looked like things had fallen on cars, but then in the street, there really wasn't anything on the cars. It was just the, the compression that happened. Yeah. I mean, it looked a lot like that. I mean, it wasn't a mushroom cloud so much. It was more of a bubble, but it did look a lot like that, didn't it? Yes. You know, it, that's the upward explosion, you know, um, like the old story about hand grenades, you know, uh, hand grenades explode up and out. You know, so you don't go and jump on them. You just, you know, drop and, you know, drop and gra kiss the ground in a real hurry. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. Well, you say that yeah, like it's nothing. Everyone else in the world would be like, oh, my God. Uh, you have a history with this stuff. You've shared that with us before. And um, and so what was your first reaction, Clark, when you saw that explosion on the video? Yeah, big. You know, that's... Oh. Uh, yeah, you know, 2,700 tons. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Probably not all of it went up at once. It's, uh, as I said, it's an explo slow explosive, and it's uh, an insensitive explosive. If you're to use ammonium nitrate and fuel oil, um, you have to have a fairly large charge to be able to get it to decompose, you know, uh, explosively. Mm -hmm. So with the fire, the heat, and, oh, gee, there's a fireworks factory right next door. Mm, not such a good combination. Yeah. You, yeah, that's you know, and so somebody, you know, the problem is that I don't think this was some terrorist attack. I think this is a case of uh, stupidity, ignorance, negligence, and yeah. now a whole bunch of people are dead. You know, it's like uh, um, the exp explosion at the rocket motor factory outside of Vegas. Um, they were still making the stuff and kind of storing it um, inappropriately and it detonated and wiped out uh, the rocket motor plant hmm. so you know it's um uh you know somebody said you know uh, forget about the idea of uh, or not so much the case of uh, some kind of you know criminal or nefarious intent uh, you know stupidity and ignorance and negligence uh, are usually the causes yeah, negligence. And oh, I just hope that it's not. I mean, not that you can wish one over the other, but I hope it was not something nefarious. I mean, at a time like this, you hope it's something that um, that was just a mistake because the retaliation is from a an explosion like that, that literally, like it flattens that part of the city. Yeah, but you also have to remember, oh, back in the 80s, it was um, a truckload of explosives where it was driven into the uh, uh, Marine Corps barracks in Beirut. And um, killed a fair number of uh, Marines. Some I yeah. knew. Yeah. So oh, it's um, you know it's uh, it's it's 
it's unfortunate. It's happened. There's going to be a lot of, you know, need for re- reconstructive surgery. There's going to be a lot of PTSD. And the whole area is just, you know, A, devastated by conflicts. Uh, you know, it has been since uh, the 70s. Yeah, Beirut for a very long used time. To, yeah. Beirut used to be the cosmopolitan banking center in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Then you had the partisans between uh, back and forth and the civil wars, uh, you know, which chapter or version you want. And um, that's just devastated the whole area. Now, yeah. Clark, you've shared with us many times about PTSD and things that you've gone through. Um, just a curious question. And if it's not appropriate, then that's, you can decline it. It's no problem. I just want to give you that. Um, but you've shared about PTSD. When you see something like this happen with your background around the military and the things that you've shared on the radio before, when you see this happen, is that difficult for you? Does that bring things back? Or are you clear there on that now? I look at it. It brings back certain memories. But uh, uh, I know the trigger points that go with it. And that's not, you know, one of them. Um, how can I describe it? Uh, there was a TV show called uh, Tour of Duty. Mm-hmm. I couldn't watch it after a while. Yeah, I bet. That, yeah, it just, you know, brought everything right back and kind of like, mm, no, don't want to do that. Is that because that was so military focused and this is just an explosion? Not just, that's a bad word. This is an explosion inside a city. Is it is it just different it, that way? It, yeah, it was a catastrophic explosion. And... You know, a heart goes out to all those who knew somebody in that. I imagine they're going to be looking and finding bodies all over the place. And there's going to be massive casualties. There's going to be uh, all aggravated by poor conditions in Beirut and Lebanon right now as well. Yeah. And there was one guy that it was the most remarkable story was... He said, I was fishing. I was on the water in his boat fishing. He says, then there was explosion. Then this happened. And he was all caught up from flying things. But he was in the harbor and he was walking on a street downtown. So he clearly got, you know, this happened. Then he went downtown to try to help out uh, based on his story. And he was cut up really bad, but he was in the harbor. He wasn't even in the, in the, you know, in the downtown area. Yeah. Well, you know, if you notice there was high rises. And one side of the high rise, you know, was facing that, you know, heaven forbid anybody should be looking at it at the time because they probably would have had their windows shattered and, you know, impacted by flying glass. Consider, look back to our own history of the Halifax explosion of 1917. And, um, no, I got a good history of it because I got a substitute teacher, Mr. Bayless, who was a survivor of it. Hmm. Had him back at Balmoral Junior High way back when. But um, there was severe eye damage. Um, The town of Boston put everything on trains and shipped it to Halifax. Well, we can't do that for Beirut. But, you know, they're going to have a long healing process. And maybe this will shock them into saying, oh, there's something bigger going on here than the stupidity of politics. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Let's uh, move forward to some RUOKs. It's actually along the same vein. It was not, uh, it was actually completely coincidental uh, that this came up, but we'll do it in our, in RUOK, especially in the light of uh, that explosion in Beirut. You know, there are so many things that are uh, trucked through the middle of our cities that are trained through the middle of our cities. Boy, oh boy, if you ever wanted to 
have a conversation of why pipelines might be a good thing. All you have to do is hear some of these stories. Um, there was a story that came in uh, out of Global about a tanker truck carrying 5,000 liters of diesel fuel catching on fire. And so we started looking for this. It was Monday on a Quebec highway, and it took 16 firefighters to bring this thing down. 5,000 liters of diesel fuel in this truck. Now, the truck is absolutely melted after the fire. So we thought, okay, you know, maybe we should uh, talk about this in the show. So what happened was, is Chris uh, went looking. Now, we didn't get any sort of storyline to this particular one, but Chris did find a similar story uh, that we'll get started with some Are You OK? Let's do that right now with, uh, with Are You OK? 877-399-9898. You can share your thoughts on Are You OKs? Maddie, make the magic happen. There it is. Are you okay with driving a diesel tanker? Are you okay with dry? I always get, I always wonder, like the guys who drive the diesel trucks, the tanker trucks, the gas trucks, are you okay with driving a diesel tanker? So I open that question up to the truckers. First of all, I would love to hear from the truckers on that one. Text or calls 877-399-9898. Are you okay with driving a diesel tanker, Chris? I'm barely okay with driving my Honda Civic. Um, I can't, I, every, every time I see, um, if I walk past a, a parked truck at a truck stop or, um, see one, sometimes I see them reversing. Do I see that? Am I making that up? But anyway, I'm in admiration of truck drivers. Like, um, I just, uh, the, and you know, bus drivers as well to think of it, but any mm-hmm. big vehicle drivers, I'm just like, uh, in su- such admiration of, um, of the you know of that skill that they have and that ability to do that and provide that uh, essential service to move things from A to B, and uh, especially the guys who carry um, huge amounts of flammable liquid behind them from you know across the country. Personally, no, uh, I'm not okay with it for myself. I'm very okay with it for all the people that do it. Yeah, I, I admire the courage it takes to do it. I got to tell you, I avoid the vehicles like on the road. Like if they're parked, I will park somewhere else. If they're driving, I'll give them so much room because it just terrifies me. Maddie, are you okay with, with driving a diesel tanker? Would you ever do that as a job? I mean, there's a certain amount of risk that I'm sure every truck driver takes when they're hauling a certain product like diesel or any kind of flammable fuel, right? So you have to sort of measure whether it's worth the risk and whether it's worth the paycheck, you know, that's, I think right, that's, let's, that's what every, every trucker might have to have to weigh, right? Yeah. Well, trucks carry a lot of fuel themselves just to get to where they're going, let alone dragging a, a, a trailer behind it. With the diesel tanker fires apparently aren't uh, really a rare occurrence. They aren't. Uh, here's witness recording of a tanker going up in flames. This is what we found for audio to share with you on this one in a Missouri highway recently. Here's what it sounds like. Wow. Oh my God! My car's right there! I can't get close to it! Holy crap! I knew it! Holy crap! I admire his use of good uh, good language in that too. Um, so was that the video of it spilling, no Chris? Um, I don't. I, that video is uh, that. That fire looks like it starts from like beneath the beneath the what do you call it the carriage, mm-hmm. um, whatever the, the the bit of the truck that's being pulled, towed. Um, my terminology. Yeah, so it looks like it starts from under the truck, and the guys are watching it. And uh, man, it's it's so great how often they say "holy crap" in that video. They say it about every three seconds, and it just escalates throughout the video. 
Um, and that's the kind of the ending there of it. But yeah, and it, they're asking why is the highway still open, cars are still going past, and within two minutes cars stop going past, and they're waiting for it to kind of explode, and then it doesn't go explode in a, in a boom, it explodes in like this huge just fireball that just, you know, cascades into the sky, and just it's an incredible thing to see. But I don't know if it's from a leak, but it's definitely from a fire. Would you drive a diesel tanker truck? That was the question we asked with Are You Okay? And the story we had just a few moments ago, 877-399-9898. Your calls and your texts are welcome here. Let's go to Calgary and say hi to Rick. Hello, Richard. How you doing, Shane? I'm good, thanks, Rick. Uh, Rick, thanks for calling in. I appreciate that. So have you? are you a trucker now, and um, do you drive the, the diesel tankers? Yes, I am a trucker, and I used to drive tanker a long time ago, but then I stopped doing it, but... Diesel fuel is not as volatile as gasoline is because the, the fumes of gasoline are more volatile to a spark than diesel fuel. Diesel fuel, you actually need a flame to start diesel fuel on fire. So it's yeah. safer to haul than, than gasoline or jet fuel or stuff like that. That but sounds like it's safer to load or unload. Um, but, I mean, driving it, I mean, if you get yourself into a pickle, Rick, um, that you, I mean, that sounds like it could be nasty. Now, I used to drive tow truck in Calgary a long time ago, and there was a bad accident just west of where you live in Airdrie. It was mm-hmm. on a side road, and a guy was trying to end his life, and he hit a tanker head on and started the whole thing on fire. And I'll tell you, we went to clean that up. The only parts left were like, the engine block, the rear end housing, because it burnt everything else to the ground. Just and so that hot. Was, that was just a, a pure load of gasoline. And, you know, you look at that, fire that happened in quebec there at that lack when the train started on fire it burnt down yeah. that whole town yeah and that was that was just unrefined crude it was just so volatile that when that train derailed it took out the whole town yeah and that was a combination of explosion and fire rick so did you move on to trucking other things because of that stuff did you move out of that uh, on purpose or was it just a job change it was just a job change it was more money where i am now and you know it's, it doesn't matter what i haul like i haul dangerous goods in my trailers now but as long as you treat it with the respect that it should have, you're, you're safer doing it than, you know, if you have to have the sparks in your brain when you're hauling stuff like that. You're not going to heat up your brakes, for example. If you're hauling gasoline and you have a brake problem on your truck or your trailer and you heat them up and start them on fire, it's going to start your whole load on fire. Yeah, just pay attention in general, I guess. Hey, uh, Rick, thanks so much for the call. I appreciate that. Drive safely and, uh, and have yourself a wonderful morning. Have a good night, Right on, Rick. All right, so 877-399-9898. Rick has a good point there about the um, dangerous goods. I mean, technically, wouldn't lithium batteries would qualify as dangerous goods in certain scenarios, too? We've seen those stories about airplanes and what uh, lithium batteries have done to airplanes when they're in storage and cause fires. One texter says from Southern Ontario, no problems driving them, but please don't tailgate or cut me off. Wow, that's a good point about the diesel tankers. Let's go to Clint, who is in Winnipeg. Hey, Clint. Good evening. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Are you? Have you been watching? Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes here. You've been watching uh, your Jets and my Flames battle it out here, Clint. Yeah, disappointingly, uh, not too impressed with it. But what can you do? Oh, <laughs> I tell you, they they sh- even missing those guys. They sure look really, really good. Um, that's for sure. So if anybody's going to pull it out, it's them. I am a Flames fan, so I'm trying to be kid gloves here because I know it was not a good night for your team. Um, it for would, sure. It would be. A, I think it would be a different story if we still had Buffalo. It would be a completely different. Story. Oh, you know, I just said that the other day. I'm like, this is still a different team without Buff. Um, uh, but yeah. anyway, I'm back on topic. I agree with you, Clint. So, what about you? Are you, are you driving now? Are you a driver? Uh, do you pull fuel? 
I, I pull uh, just dry bands, reefers, and like just regular trailers. And uh, yeah. I wouldn't mind pulling either of the same sediment as bricks that, that it's not as volatile as gasoline. Yeah. Um, but it's all, the whole inertia thing, like I pull totes of chemicals. So when you stop at a light and you stop suddenly, you can feel the trailer pushing you forward. Can so, you? Yeah, like I've seen in Winnipeg, a trailer actually goes through an intersection, a tanker, uh, because the inertia from the liquid pushing them went, yeah. went right into the intersection. And that's what scares me the most is that feeling of no control if, you, yeah. if you're not careful. So a lot of people don't realize, like, if, yeah, if you cut off, like the texter said, if you cut me off, I try and slam on my brakes, that trailer's pushing me forward. <laughs> that's remarkable. So that would be everything. That would be water trucks, milk trucks, everything, right? Yeah, and like a trailer will push you forward because it's got the weight in it, but it's that whole moving of the liquid. It just, that unsettles me the most. And one more thing, too, there was a YouTube video I watched about a year and a half ago, and it showed the volatile, um, how violent the flammable liquids are. And mm-hmm. surprisingly, like, uh, diesel and air, airplane fuel, and that wasn't as volatile as gasoline. I was shocked. I thought, yeah. Um, Plane fuel was like really crazy uh, flammable because you can't smoke on planes. And they always yep. say, "What's oh, so flammable?" But maybe the fumes are. But the fuel itself, it just—it's a slow burn. All right, drive safely. Um, so to Clint's point, I mean, I know that you can actually use diesel fuel and aviation fuel are not far apart. Like using aviation fuel in a diesel engine is possible, but you'd have to, I think there's an oil component. I don't know. So it would be great to get a chemist on and talk about this stuff and maybe get into the difference between it. But I believe that aviation fuel is closer in the family to diesel fuel than gasoline is just by the, the chemical compounds, the way they burn. So that's interesting. Thanks, Clint, for bringing that up. We're going to take a note of that and see what we can uh, do to make that happen. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Matt, we have a um, we have a, a, a contribution for your nickname here. That's oh, come in. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's from Catherine. I think Catherine brought up the uh, Shredder or Shreds or something like that originally in her nickname suggestion. Uh, the and- Shredder. The shredder. And I think that uh, Catherine has clearly been sitting on this for a couple of days. So, uh, Catherine, I hope it's not causing you too much stress. Um, but here it is. How does shreddy sound for Matt? I just immediately think of the cereal. Uh, it takes yeah. away the kind of the the implied pr- instrumental prowess of the guitar mm-hmm. that is inherent in the original The Shredder nickname. Yeah, but see, but you're a nice guy, though. Like, The Shredder just sounds so, like you ride a harley to to work you know yeah i I mean how do you know i don't um true i'm just joking i don't have a bike um i don't even have a (laughs) i don't even have a mountain bike um that was yeah it it was too wrecked um what was i gonna say good good whole wheat maddie but yeah no like the shredding like I mean, the shredding does sound mean but if you're talking about music then it's it's a whole it's a term of endearment it's true. Very good point. So are you declining Shreddy as the nickname? Is that what you're saying? I uh, Thank you very much, Catherine. Um, I'm going to stick with the Shredder for now. The Shredder. There it is. <laughs> the Shredder. Shreds. I well, still well, like Shreds. Shreds doesn't take away from it all. It's kind of like Dreads. Oh, I like Shreds. shreds. Mm-hmm. Matt Shreds MacArthur. Yeah. All right. Um, speaking of nicknames, um, what did you want to call this guy up in Edmonton there, Chris? Racist prick. There it is. Now that's a nickname for you. How about that? Um, so here is a, a couple of pieces. First of all, do we have the, um, yeah, the employee, is this the employee piece first, Matt, on here that we have? Uh, yes. 
Okay, so we'll do the employee for, uh, first. The liquor store employee was speaking out after being confronted by a customer. The employer's, uh, employee said that it started as a re- result of Edmonton's new mask law, but spiraled into a racist tirade. Here's the audio um, first of the employee talking about how uh, it went with Sarah Comedina. It was a scary, intense situation for a liquor store employee just doing his job. An unidentified man walked into Olympia Liquor Edmonton Skyview Sunday. Supervisor Navdeep Singh says the man must have seen the signs on the door about needing to wear a mask, but he wasn't. Before Singh had the chance to tell the customer to put one on, the man had already started to yell about the requirement. He used racist language and profanity towards Singh, who was the only one working at the time. There were a few customers in the store who also approached to tell the man to stop, but he continued before finally leaving. He looks very, like, you know, aggressive then. I thought he might uh, harm them. So I just go closer to that guy and so he doesn't cause any harm to that person. And uh, yeah, then after that he was leaving and then when he was leaving, he started making comments on my looks, uh, on my race. Uh, and uh, yeah, I also asked him, don't talk about my beard, And but then he just kept going on. Singh says since the incident, he feels uncomfortable confronting people who don't wear a mask inside the store. One of the customers took a video of the incident and posted it online. It now has thousands of views. Singh says since then, he has been receiving calls and also people are coming into the store apologizing on behalf of Canadians. Edmonton police say they have seen the video and are investigating the situation. Sarah Comedina, Global News. Um, I was trying to think about a... Um I'm trying to think about a different nickname for this guy, but um, I think the best one is uh, what was that, Chris? Racist prick. Mm, good nickname for this guy, I would say. Now we're not going to give out the guy's name, I don't think here, unless it's on the end of the clip. It might have still been there uh, because I don't want to glorify this guy because this guy's a jerk. He really is. And so, um, uh, if you want to find out his name, you can Google it very quickly and find out his name on the audio. Um, I'm not sure if it's there or not, if it's slipped in. Also, we're going to cross our fingers because there were so many slanderous swears in this. Like, I have no problem if, like, a swear slips out, but we're we're somewhat certain <laughs> that we got them all. But there were so many. I got it. So I this it. is – you got it? Okay, this is what it um, – I got it. This is, this is the tirade when a guy walks into a liquor store in Edmonton. You buddy, you're fucking disrespecting Canada yourself. You'd be fucking brainwashed, you fucking stupid fuck. Why don't you come to this country and be like everybody else? I never knew how good this country was that you fought down as good our people was that you moved here. What's your name? I never knew how good our country was that you people moved here. Because Canadians are the nicest fucking people in the world. And your belief system is not better than our fucking laws. You got that, buddy? Tell the whole fucking story to shut your fucking mouth. Because I don't think you have a What's your name, though? I'm going to get out of here. My name is the white man, Bingo. Okay. <laughs> stupid, fucking stupid, you're brainwashed. Look how stupid that fucking beard is. Hey, don't, don't talk on my beard. What? You're Your great. belief is no better than my fucking loss. You dumb fuck. Okay, I think we might have missed one. Well, I think we might have missed one. Um, and I apologize for that. We tried to catch them all, but um, I missed one. Yeah, uh, there was a lot did, in yeah. there. There was a lot in there. To be very fair. I, it was, I had 12, 12 bleeps. Okay. I caught 12 yeah. of them. I'll cut it out of the repeat. Yeah, I think Excuse that's... Um, I'm, yeah, uh, just in case. Um, okay. Thanks for uh, clipping that out. Occasionally um, one gets through your net. <laughs> well, you know what? It's um, 
yeah, it was, it was a lot of work to get those out. So it, when, you know, when people say, you know, there's no racism in, um, there's no racism in Canada and da, 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 da. Well, there's your proof. Uh, there are jackasses and they are, they do things like that to people. And I would like to acknowledge those guys who worked in the liquor store and that manager in particular, uh, when you watch the video, you can see the video that they literally, he literally does nothing to, to be, uh, aggressive at all. The manager, he just stays in between the guy and his staff and sort of shuttles them out the door. And, uh, I salute that manager from what I saw in the video. Uh, that was a very, very well played and very, very smart, uh, way to go about that one. Um, absolutely remarkable. 877-399-9898. Calls and texts are welcome in case you missed it. A couple of fun stories of things going on. Let's uh, check in with uh, Mr. Bleepity Bleep 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 um, himself, Sir Christopher Gilbert. Can't believe I missed one. It's just, it's going to stick with me, you know? Like It's okay, buddy. <laughs> like I, I got to tell you a quick story. We had a, an intern who worked here, um, and on his second last day, uh he swore on the air and <gasps> and he it was a complete accident right it was just like he forgot sometimes you get so comfortable behind the mic that you forget that what you're doing and it, it just flew out of him and uh and we have a <laughs> and we have a delay button for that kind of thing so it's all good but um he was he was so busted up about it and i was like dude don't worry like your your career's not over before it began like it it, it happens that's why we have the button and I, is I his career over? That, uh, no, he's uh, he's still he's working at the station uh, in the promo department. Oh, so his career, is over but not on the air is what we're saying. <laughs> not yet, anyway. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I do know the feeling of like chatting on the radio, and then like you just you stop thinking, and, you, and you're just doing it for ten or fifteen or you know whatever minutes for a segment, and then and then during the break you come off there and and you think, wait what did I just say that whole time? Like, what was yeah, I right. talking about? And did it, did I, did I, how many F bombs did I drop? Cause yeah. you, you're right, Matty. You're just so relaxed, you know, that sometimes it just flies out of you. Anyway, uh, let's get to some in case you missed it. All right. In case you missed it. Okay. Number one. Where's the intro? Angel Matt, and... Matt, where's the intro? You oh, the, the intro, the intro. In case you missed it on the radio, here's New Zealand's Chris Gilbert. There we go. Love it. Love it, love it. Okay, Cats. It's a musical, and it's also a film. It's a 2019 film, and the person who wrote the musical, Andrew Lloyd Webber, the English composer, has called the 2019 movie version of the musical ridiculous. The problem with the film, he says, was that Tom Hooper, who I believe is its director, decided that he didn't want anybody involved in it who was involved in the original show. I bring this up because I find it incredibly ironic that probably the producer of one of the worst things to ever hit the stage, <laughs> the most like actual abomination to the arts, the musical Cats. Whoa. <laughs> it's so bad. Have you ever seen Cats? Is it, have you guys seen Cats? No, and I'm a fan of those shows, like Phantom and those things, but uh, not um, not Cats. I have stayed away from it. I know my mom loves it, so that's usually a good indication that I probably should not watch. Yeah, and it's all, I mean, you know, pop culture and all that stuff is, is subjective, but there's something about Cats that has kept me at bay. I, uh, I It just does not interest me. Well, let's keep you at bay no longer. I think I have some audio of the, uh, of the movie trailer. Tonight is a magical night. 
Where I choose the cat that deserves a new life. Going to the ball could get dangerous. <laughs> Come on! Chris, how long do we have to sit through this trailer? Can we stop it? Yeah, let's just. Can, I'm cutting actually, it off right can now. We, yeah, let's let's cut it. Yeah, I I, hate, I can't even listen to the trailer. You just bailed on your clip. own clip. That's the best. That's how bad Cats is, and it's it, it, Andrew Lloyd Webber called the uh, the movie creepy and weird. So apparently, he's never seen his own musical before. Well, the music I, is good. I, I like the the symphonic stuff is pretty great in it, but the the premise is is I think of. Uh, the cat collectors, you know, the old cat ladies. No offense, cat ladies, if you're there. Well, I, I I used to be, when I was younger, when I was like 12 years old, I used to be really into Andrew Lloyd Webber, um, which is, you know, as you do when you're 12 years old. I Because re- I think I had an early exposure to Jesus Christ Superstar live, and it was really cool. Because, you know, there are some like good guitar riffs in that musical and stuff, you know. And so I was kind of into it. And I got into the magical Technicolor Dreamcoat one because, you know, it's kind of some jaunty tunes in there as well and it's like a positive story about saving your corn for the winter time because, you know, you need some corn in the winter. Plus, and then I was like, plus all that spontaneous singing. Oh, yeah, well, there's, exactly. It, there's nonstop singing in that one. There's no words. That's all operetta. Yeah. yeah. We and did so, that one in uh, college. We did, uh, sorry, uh, Chris, we did that one yeah. in college when I went to Red Deer College in the theater program. I was a sound designer for that. And um, in that program, and we um, we did uh, uh, we did Joseph the Amazing Tickle of Green Dreamcoat and all those man, they're so good. So that was so much fun. Cats is a weird one though. So so did we? We did that as well. I did it in my final final year of high school, and I played Reuben, the the oldest brother of Joseph, mm-hmm. who throws him in a well. And I loved it. Like I let those those you know like they're fun to sing and you know they're fun to act in and. But yeah, one one day when I was a bit younger than that, I was like, well, I like these other plays. Let's watch Cats. And so I think I rented it from a video store. I went wow. and I borrowed it. I borrowed a video from a shop and I came nice. home and I put it in my, yeah, I put it in my video player and I pressed play <laughs> and then I pressed stop very quickly. <laughs> even as a kid, I was like, what is this? This is nonsense. It's just cats dancing around. On a stage, it's not even cats. It's cats. people pretending to be cats. <laughs> oh God! It's, it was. It'd be the worst better if they could train seen. cats to do it. Animated uh, cats. Just... Anyway, I included that. So that film, like, if if he hates the movie, then the movie is probably pretty good. Um, so I'm now quite tempted to watch Cats. It stars uh, Taylor Swift, Judy Dench, I uh, just Alba, Jennifer Hudson, Rebel Wilson, and uh, others. So. Um, yeah, I think I know what I'm doing this weekend. I might um, go 180 on this and, and give it a stream. We'll find out coming out on Sunday. You watch that, and Chris will be like, I just watched the best movie this weekend. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. Tune into the show online or on the radio.